I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew 27. Matthew chapter 27. You know, there's a lot of times that you learn things later in life. You wished you'd have known before. And then you find out that everybody else knew about it. You know, that's what preaching is like, pastoring especially. I want to show you tonight how God delivers through his men. We want to talk about the example of Jesus, the example of David, and then ourselves. Do you know there's a difference in a worldly leader and a spiritual leader, isn't there? Problem that we have is the same problem you'll see with Jesus, with David, and with us today. The world's gotten in the church. There's things in this church that we're getting used to. Uh, we've been here a little over a year. And some of those things, y'all have been around a long time. Things like you never thought this would happen in this way, and now everything's different. We go through a time in our life where we think things are going to go on forever, don't we? Things are just going to always be like this. And then something happens. But we don't learn too late. Sometimes it takes that much to learn, doesn't it? But when we learn it, we want to share it with those that are coming up. Praying that they don't have to go through it as much and as long as we did. I want to share with you tonight some experiences that I've had. And we pray you also have experienced those and maybe some haven't yet. And maybe some will experience them again. If you would, I'd like for you to bow your heads as we pray. Father, again, we thank you for this night. Lord, we pray that somehow, some way, we would be able to see with spiritual eyes like David did. And Lord, we pray tonight that you would teach our hearts as we submit to be prepared, not just for bad weather or for terror or crime, but for eternity. Amen. Everything we are and everything we have is because of you. And without you, we can do nothing. And we pray that you would guide and strengthen and direct this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew 27, look at verse 42. This is from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel... Let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Yeah. Now, the disappointment that they were facing, I'm talking about the worldly leaders, not the spiritual leaders. The worldly leaders were disappointed because they couldn't, Doubt, they couldn't deny, they couldn't get over that Jesus saved others. The blind, the lame, he healed them, didn't he? 
They washed him for three years. We talked about this in the car. Well, I talked and she listened. That's the way it usually goes. Can you imagine? Because the Bible says that if everything that Jesus did could be written down, all the books in the world couldn't contain it. That's what these men saw. He saved others. And he's in a worse condition than anybody. And he's not able to save himself. Disappointment. Don't we have that? Aren't we disappointed in church? In the government? Aren't we? Especially right now. But you see, the disappointment went to dissatisfaction because this is not what they hoped for. They wanted somebody that was alive and somebody that would conquer, not someone that's weak and dying. They rejected him because they said if he could not save or deliver himself, how can he deliver us? And then they was willing to give him one more chance. They challenged him to stop what he was doing on the cross, to agree with them and be approved by them, and then they would believe. One more chance. But they believed he was deceived because they was going to have to wait and see. In verse 43, he trusted in God. Let him, God, deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. They believed that he was deceived. And they said, we'll just have to wait and see. Didn't they see? Huh? Just a couple days later, three and a half days. Didn't they see? And all the disappointment, all the dissatisfaction, all the rejection. If you're in the ministry for very long, and for years I've preached, and I've always said it's the same as being a parent in a lot of ways than it is to being in the ministry. Isn't that what the Bible says? Parents do what? Bring your children up how? In the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's a spiritual raising, isn't it? And you see, we get in it so deep, so long, that if we're not careful, we're going to get dissatisfied, aren't we? We're going to get impatient. We're going to reject things that, that we need to accept. And we're going to look for one more chance for that boy, for that girl, for that husband, for that wife. And we get so deep so long that sometimes we come to the point to where we say maybe they're right. I've done that, haven't you? Maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Maybe they need somebody else. Maybe I've not done enough. And I found out the truth. And it's took almost 28 years of preaching. But when I left the church, prayerfully, that a young girl came to me and said, I'm sorry to see you go, because now everything will get in the church. I thought about that. Compliment, maybe. Truth, for sure. But I learned this 
And I want to share it with you tonight through David. 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you'll turn there. God does not call us to be a deliverer as the world sees a deliverer. Many parents, many pastors, many church leaders has destroyed their life because they put themselves up as a great deliverer just like the world and the worldly church wants them to. And you're going to see in the scriptures tonight that David said, after all the trouble he had, all the victories he had, God delivered me from the lion and the bear, and this Philistine will be no different. Delivered. There's many ways that people deliver, but the greatest way is God's way, isn't it? In 1 Samuel chapter 17, I want you to look at verse 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Fear is the biggest giant that we have, don't we? I was kind of scared tonight. Still am. Fear is something that's hard to get over, isn't it? Now, Got to separate some things. There's a giant, but there's fear. And we won't read it, but the first part of this chapter, God tells us how big he is. But we never find out in the Bible a measurement or description on how big God is. It doesn't matter, does it? But we can measure men. We can calculate men. We can pretty much figure what they're going to do because we all have the same nature, don't we? Everything goes back to being selfish. Every symptom that everybody has goes back to the same disease of self. And the greatest giant that they had is the same giant that we have, and that's fear. And we can know the nature of the evil around us, just like David did. A lion, a bear, and a giant. All three are after one thing, aren't they? To kill, to steal, and destroy. That's their nature, isn't it? And when we live a spiritual life and and try to be a godly leader, we can see spiritually and take a whole lot of the fear away, can't we? Huh? The fear that we have 
is taken care of when we realize those enemies that we have are not to play with, not to negotiate with or compromise. And when we see the evil, the nature and people around us, they're going to cause us fear. We can look at them just as matter of fact as a lion, bear, and a giant. Because that's what they're in our lives for, to pull us away. Now, the scripture was very clear. The way that Goliath acted was not as a whole. Now, Israel was used to fighting army against army, wasn't he? And he came up and he decided that he would have a little bit different challenge. And the challenge that he brought before the children of Israel was, I'm the champion. You pick a man and you bring him out. And the winner, the other nation will serve them, which was a lie because they didn't do it. But look at verse 8. Real quick, we will go back to that. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, one man and one lamb. The lion and the bear took just one, didn't they? A lamb. They didn't fool with the whole bunch, did they? They didn't get a ram that had the horns. He's too big. The devil always tries to pull one little one away from the hole to destroy that little one. The devil's against our little ones, isn't he? And he's not messing with the hole. He's messing with the one. If he can get one and pull them away... He's got it made. He uses terror. He uses fear. He uses all these things because it's his nature. And aren't you glad? I want to read a scripture out of Luke, but aren't you glad what Jesus said in Luke chapter 15, what he does with one little one? Look at verse uh, Luke 15, verse 4 through 7, if you can turn there. Luke 15, look at verse 4. Jesus says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. David went after one little sheep till he found it, till he got it, till it was delivered, didn't he? And he was able to be used by God to get things done. Now, the devil does the same in us, doesn't he? 
He tries to pull one man away, if he could, from his family through the Internet, doesn't he? It's called porn. Brother Mike referred to it this morning. A secret life, supposedly. One that he doesn't think that nobody knows about. And the devil begins to work on just one and just one. And the whole house doesn't even know what's going on. And day after day and night after night, this secret life gets worse and worse and worse, doesn't it? This man needs delivered, doesn't he? People are on Facebook or to Facebook, whichever one you want to call it. And they get pulled away, don't they? One by one, the devil, the world, with the nature that we should see spiritually before it even gets there, comes to us and tries to take us away from the whole, away from our families, away from our church. And he's successful, isn't he? Isn't it sad that there's people that are unable to get help before it's too late? It's sad, isn't it? And not just in this world, but what about the world to come? Now, what David have, has is what we need. We need to find the truth because this is a spiritual thing, isn't it? And what the devil in the worldly church tries to do is they try to attack things in a worldly way with a worldly champion, with someone that they're waiting on. Now, you have to get the picture, and you probably have. You've read this many times. There was a battle that went for 40 days, didn't it? Israel on one side of the mountain, and the Philistines and Goliath on the other. Twice a day, verse 16 says, as they were dressed up in their armor, ready to battle. Twice a day, old Goliath would come down, and he would threaten them. He would challenge them. And for 40 days, twice a day, they'd run back in fear. Well, in verses 8 to 11, we read it earlier, but let's look at it again. The truth that we need that David has in verse, uh, go to verse 10. Goliath said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. He said in verse 10, I defy the armies of Israel. In another place, he said, the servants of Saul. Now look over at verse 45, when David came down. David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast to fight. See, uh, the Philistine, Goliath, was looking at it as just a, a physical thing. I defy you, Saul, and your servants, and your armies. But what did David say? I come to you in the, the name of the Lord. I came to you in verse 45. He says, uh, I came to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast fight. He was defying God and his armies. This church is God's church, isn't it? This is God's army, isn't it? This is God's battle that we have to let him deliver us. And if we go with the world and we attempt to be the deliverer, 
We're going to find out just what David did. You know, he could take the giant away, couldn't he? But the fear was still there. I've left a couple churches. Two out of two, it's a good record. Took a long time to get through both of them. But when I left, looking back now, I've learned that I was preaching against the giant of doubt, hitting the disease and not the symptoms. And you know, looking back, I can honestly praise God and say, God delivered me because I obeyed and stood up against the giant. But the fear is still there. You go over there, you go a lot of places, and the fear is still there, isn't it? You go a lot of houses, a lot of homes where mother and daddy have been taken over. And you can take those kids out. You can care for them and clothe them and feed them. And they go back and the fear is still there, isn't it? You see, this is something we have to do one-on-one. And how did David do it? In private, didn't he? A lion and a bear. And nobody would ever knew this if he hadn't told about it. He said, one day, I was responsible and obedient to my father, and I was keeping the sheep and a lion and a bear at different times, probably, came to do what they do. And they stole a little sheep, little lamb. And I went and I took care of it. He did it in private, didn't he? And when he was able to prove God in private, now in public before all, look what he was able to do. You see, there's some things in private that we need to take care of. You need to take care of them. I can't. I can take the computer out. I can take a whole lot of things. I can make a lot of things different. But we can't take your fear away. We can't deliver you and be a worldly deliverer. You notice in the scriptures, and I didn't read it, but I think you know the story. You know how the worldly leader was called out by Saul? Bribery, wasn't it? Here's what happens to the man that gets this giant. He gets the king's daughter. He doesn't pay taxes forever. He's got a good deal going. But you see, this person, this worldly leader that they was trying to get a hold of, didn't have a private spiritual life. And if and when they did go out, it would have been the very first time they'd ever done anything. It's like our churches, isn't it? We need spiritual people that's been victorious in private to stand up in public. How many times through the years, Brother Terry, that I've got somebody to do something that didn't have a personal spiritual life, didn't have any victories. God hadn't delivered them from anything or anyone. And they're the ones that volunteer and go out and get destroyed. Wouldn't you think you'd need to be ready for a giant? I do. Now, there's one more thing. I don't know how long it'll take. But I want you to look down at verse 51. 
Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Isn't that the truth? There's a worldly kind of deliverer that the church seems like they want. But he doesn't last. That person that the church wants so bad or that girl wants so bad to be her husband, my little daughter, she'll be 28 in December, got married last Saturday. It was a good wedding, very good wedding. I used to joke with her when she was younger that she was going to meet Mr. Wright. And then two weeks later, she was going to find out his first name was always. <laughs> Some of y'all might have married that, right? But you see, this message tonight is that when we don't act spiritual, we don't have victories in private, we don't walk with God spiritually looking, knowing that we are being prepared to fight in public. If we're not careful, then we get the world and the church to lead. Before long, he's going to be gone. And most of those people will flee. Because you see, it takes one to know one, doesn't it? And when the, the physical, fleshly church continues to put leaders in that are of the world, there's no other place it could go. And the people that put these folks up will have to do something when they mess up. So tonight, for just a little bit, I want to share with you just a couple points. God does not deliver the world's way, does He? He doesn't deliver with a deliverer who cannot deliver himself from sin and lust and evil desires. He doesn't deliver with one that has no spiritual fruit. He doesn't deliver with one that has to use the armor of those that send him that won't even go themselves. Remember that? Saul said, use mine and go. Well, you're not even going to use it. You're not going to go. And God doesn't deliver the church if it's the very first time they've ever attempted to fight spiritually. But God doesn't call men to be deliverers, does he? Not in a worldly way. They said to Jesus, you saved others, but you cannot save yourself, and amen, he didn't. Because that's not the plan anyway. He didn't uh, use David by accepting man's bait and man's bribe because he already had fruit when he was in private. Now, tonight, very, very important because this is the how-to part of the message. How do I get delivered? And I've prayed with many, many people for many hours and their prayer was crying out, God, deliver me, God, deliver me, God, deliver me. And then they'll ask me, what do you think? I go, he's not going to deliver you. 
You got to do something. Well, I've repented, but you're still doing that. Prayer is good, and prayer is the way to get things done. But when we pray for deliverance from God, He gives us an answer. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And you see, tonight we have problems in public because we don't have any private spiritual life. Wouldn't it be good if someone could deliver themselves with God's help from pornography? And we don't even know what's going on, but you, you don't have to teach Sunday school, you don't have to teach the offering to be spiritual, but there's a place privately somewhere where you got to get things right. Because everybody's going to find out. And when God uses us privately, what a victory that we have. And not to, not to have a cause and a ministry to help those kind of people. Because they're all selfish. We're all selfish. That's the disease. And we have ministries to treat symptoms that understands and pats them on the back and they go to hell. They go to hell and they pass that mentality on to their children. Now, what God says that He wants is true repentance. Whatever it is tonight that's in your life, in private, God will never use you for His glory with power and zeal in, in public until first we get that private life situated. Whatever it is that's bothering us, that the devil has pulled us away, away from our family, away from our church, that's the thing right there. That one of these days we could say, God delivered me from. God delivered me from this. And God delivered me from that. Now tonight, we've had a public meeting but because it's spiritual, we truly believe that in your private time tonight, sitting where you're at, that God has talked to you. And you know what the talk was about. And at this time, somebody might say, and it's probably the devil, you're not able. You're not able to save yourself. Jesus didn't even do it. David was not able, Saul said. But not being able, he did a pretty good job, didn't he? But right now, that private time that you've had with the Lord, it's time for some fruit, isn't it? Lord, I need delivered, but I want to go farther. I want to get it right. I want to do more for my church and my Lord, but I know I can't. So whatever it is tonight that you need delivered from, if you've truly had a private spiritual time with the Lord tonight, it's time to have some public fruit, isn't it? Fruit that might be just praying. 
Fruit that might be salvation. That I know I'm lost. I know what that means. And I've studied it and prayed and the Lord's on me tonight and I want to get delivered. You might need to join the church. We did. We sat over there for a long time. Put it off, put it off, put it off. No, I'm going to preach somewhere. I'm going to get back. It wasn't until we joined that I started getting calls. (laughs) And it might just be that if you're a leader... You've worked so hard and so long that you've come to the conclusion that maybe they're right. Maybe I'm finished. Maybe I'm going to die like this with this bad habit and with this thing that that I've got that I can't get delivered. And God's spoken to you tonight in private. And there's some fruit there that you're beginning to see that I need to obey We need to come on in public to start new, to start again, to keep going. It is important about terrorism. It is important about tornadoes. But that's nothing compared to eternity. And the devil wants to take each one out one at a time. And what little help we can get and give, you've got to do it yourself.